Now on Sports Talk, it's SC Wild with Major Billy Downer of the Department of Natural Resources. Major Downer is here to take your questions about the great outdoors in South Carolina. Give him a call at 888-898-2525. It's SC Wild from DNR on the Sports Talk Radio Network. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. We morph into S.C. Wild from the Department of Natural Resources, our first show of the 2024 year. Major Downer will be with us in just a moment. As I mentioned earlier in the program, as the build-up to tonight's segment with uh, Major Downer, we're going to be talking about waterfowl here in South Carolina as we hit... Perhaps a little cold stretch. It's chilly out there right now. we got some rain moving in. Maybe a perfect time to go out and hunt some waterfowl here in South Carolina. Let's welcome Major Billy Downer from the Department of Natural Resources. Happy New Year to you, sir, once again. Great to have you back for another year of SC Wild here on Sports Talk. Hey, it's good to be here. Happy New Year to you, and here we go again for yet another year of <laughs> SC Wild. Starting off here on January the 3rd, uh, we're going to do a little waterfowl update before we get going. Um, I'm going to have uh, Molly come in in just a moment. Uh, we, we, we're talking about we just we really got uh, a really uh, interesting talk tonight. Probably uh, folks may know about it, may not know about it. We're going to talk about uh, the influx of the avian flu that's been now come to light. But first, I want to talk about waterfowl hunts uh, on our management areas just to give folks an update. We kind of like to give you an update of where, what the top areas are. And this year, right now, start, starting off the new year, it looks like Murphy Island is leading the way, as it typically has, uh, with an average of 5.2 ducks per man. Uh, and that's the last hunt that we had recorded uh, the top duck in the bag was Gabwall. A second duck in the bag was American Widgeon. And a third duck in the bag was Northern Pintail. I mean, you're talking about an awesome hunt as far as if those are your top ducks. That's incredible. Gabwall, Widgeon, and Pintail. So really exciting there. Um, your, your, uh, your third, your, your second, excuse me, second to area basically for the for the last report would be the Cape, which is right there also at Santee Coastal, um, at 3.9 birds per man, uh, ducks per man. Top duck in the bag there being Gabwall again. Uh, and your number two duck behind that was going to be, be blue-winged teal, uh, followed closely behind by green-winged teal. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's kind of indicative of what we see. Uh, as far as your, your ducks um, in that area, a lot of gabwall on the coast, pintails, uh, widgeon. It's kind of fun to see widgeon be back in the bag again uh, at uh, Santee Coastal area on Murphy Island. And then for the round out, uh, this last report looks like Broad River WMA uh, was at 3.2 ducks per man. Interesting, Broad River hits the scale here. I think some other areas are closed, but Broad River came in. The top duck there, pretty much the only duck there, was green-winged teal with one gabwall. So they shot all green-winged teal except for one gabwall. Uh, so that was interesting. Um, if you're looking to bag a model duck, Bear Island seems to be the lead on that. 
Uh, Murphy Island had 11 model ducks in the bag, but Bear Island had, looks like Bear Island East had 12 model ducks in the bag, again, with 2.3 overall. So slower days on Bear Island. But, uh, again, Murphy Island strong at 5.2, with leading with Gabwall, followed by Widgeon, Pintail, and then the fourth spot would be model ducks. So uh, Murphy Island looks like the place to be uh, right now on the coast. Um, so that's a wrap-up of our Category 1 areas. You know, those hunts will continue on through the end of this month. Uh, we are uh, hearing a good bit of success, uh, hunters across the way from Lake Marion to the coast. Um, some hunters getting some, some good success here and there. Also spot hunts, uh, gadwall. I've heard a lot of redheads, uh, interestingly enough, in the bag here and there, and pintails. So pintails, obviously, we've had a good hatch this year. It's like they're around. Uh, so getting a lot of pintails in the bag as well. But uh, let's bring Molly in and welcome her in mm -hmm. and uh, just want to kind of get her take on that before we hit to the uh, to the avian flu. Molly, thanks for being a part of the show tonight. Hey, Major Downer, appreciate y'all having me on. You got me uh, You got me wishing I had put my, 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 my preference point in for Murphy Island. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I swear. Next year, that's going to be my top one probably between that and the Cape, but... Yeah, I mean, how much better does it get? Gabwall, widgeon, pintails, and then followed by model duck. I mean, really? I absolutely. Um, you know, I think I think we've hunted sixty-seven people so far on Murphy. And uh, what was our? Let's see, what was our uh, our pintail number there? The high fifties. That's that's really impressive for pintail. So, uh, right, must be right. the pintail year on the coast. Yeah, have you have you heard that from local plantations? Otherwise, have you heard that, or is that you, just what we're you know, seeing? I, I've seen a bunch of pintails trading up and down the black and the PD, and um, the all few pintails uh, uh, in the uh, Santee Delta last uh, last Friday and Saturday. So it's, uh, it seems like it's just a pretty good pintail year all around. I know some of these plantations are really doing well on those birds as, as well. So um, might be the year of the pintail. Yeah, I know I have heard for wild ducks um, off the Santee Delta, okay, uh, hunters hunting it. Um, uh, in public waters, gadwall, redheads, kind of been a, a little high point for folks, you know, killing some wild ducks, which has been really cool. Um, but I mean, again, I can remember days going out and you kill two birds on the on public water, you were happy. Um, That's right. If you're killing a pintail, a gadwall, or even a redhead, I, I'd be extremely happy, honestly. Um, come back Absolutely. with redheads landing, and, and I know some young boys that killed redheads. Hmm. So I mean, hey. Success is up, Molly. Let's um let's kind of focus on this. I know I just I first heard about this before Christmas uh, at a Christmas party, and afterwards I got a phone call from a friend who, who was in the chicken house business, uh, and he was very concerned and was asking me some questions and I didn't know anything about it. Then I come to find out, looking at emails, we started kind of call it. Uh, Emily Coat in, in, our, in our wildlife section here, as you well know, and she said, hey, we, we've, we've got some reports uh, that avian flu has, we've had some positive avian flu ducks in the state. Um, let's talk about that for a minute. Let's start off by saying, what is avian flu? Can we start there, Molly, for a minute? Just what is the avian flu? Absolutely. So, yeah, avian flu, as you'll hear a lot of people just call it bird flu. Um, you know, there's always bird flu uh, in the in the environment, Major Downer. You know, typically you'll hear it 
lately what you hear people talk about is HPAI, highly pathogenic avian influenza. Um, there's also a low-path version. So that low-path version is always in the environment. Um, this high path is what we have right now that's causing a die-off in our wood ducks, and that high path is very concerning for our commercial poultry industry, which we know um, timber and poultry is really big for our economy in South Carolina. So uh, pretty right. pretty big concern um, for a lot of folks here in the state, but high-path AI, even low-path AI, something that naturally occurs in the environment. Um, we have had this high path before. It tends to cause us the most problems with commercial poultry, um, certain, certainly something that we don't want to get in commercial poultry flocks. It's pretty uh, pretty decimating for those birds. Um, but uh, always in our flocks and kind of around. But uh, high path seems to be something that kind of kind of pops up every couple of years. Last time we had it was about 2016, and it, it kind of held to the West Coast. But um, let's see, I think it was December of 2021, and just some routine sampling that DNR does in cooperation with the USDA, um, we'll swab, do some. If, you, if you've been on some of our state lottery hunts, you may have seen us using using these long cotton swabs to uh, swab the throats of um, of hunter harvested birds, and that's actually how we detected high-path AI in December of 21. Um, was the first time it had been in the U.S. since 2016, and so just some routine monitoring and uh, found found us in, in South Carolina and other parts of the Atlantic Flyway, and it kind of progressed across the U.S. since, uh, since December of 21, but this wood duck die-off that you referenced right before Christmas is really kind of the first big uh, waterfowl influence that we've had in South Carolina um, since we first found this in, in January of 21. So um, pretty concerning for a South Carolina waterfowl hunter. You know, majority of 60% of our waterfowl harvest in South Carolina is, is wood ducks. So um, if you're right. someone like myself that likes to likes to hunt the woods and hunt the swamps, you know, wood duck's pretty important for us. So, um but uh, I've seen some, some die-offs of 75 to 100 birds per site um, in places. And which, is, which, is, which is, I mean, that's a lot of birds. It's it birds is. floating in a pond, basically, you know. It, it is. You know, it's, it's pretty pretty concerning. You know, you, you go out to hunt or you're scouting to hunt, and you, you start seeing, you know, four or five wood ducks here or there. And if you've hunted recently, you know, some of these guys are thinking, well, maybe those are, maybe those are cripples. Um, but, uh, you know, they start, they start looking and they start seeing more, more dead wood ducks that are just, you know, perfect birds. And then they'll come across one that's maybe showing some neurological signs that bird will be swimming in circles and kind of bobbing its head. Um, you know, just really unaware of, of what's going on around it. And that's a, usually a pretty, pretty typical sign that that bird has, um, has avian flu or bird flu. So, um, so pretty, pretty concerning. You know, Williamsburg County seems to be a hot spot for us. Um, kind of was the first place that I think you and I both heard of right around uh, the opening of the season there, around December the 12th. Um, right. Was the first reporting that I got. And so had places pop up in um, Colleton and Hampton and Clarendon. Clarendon County. County. Yep. So, I, I so, know uh, of two waterfowl impoundments in Clarendon that uh, reported mass, you know, when I say mass, you know, like you said, 50, 75 wood ducks. And it tends to be Seems like when war, like wood ducks are roosting in the evening is when they're finding it. That's right. The next yep, morning, yep. maybe. So yeah, yeah these, these wood ducks. Which people would understand that ducks, wood ducks, typically congregate at night. That's right. That's right. They like to congregate to roost, and so um, it's an easy way where those birds have that virus and they're shedding it. You know, it really 
spreads from bird to bird really quickly just because of you know, just natural behaviors of, of what these wood ducks do, just kind of grouping up like this. So um, I think you kind of mentioned so, that most people are finding these in corn impoundments. Once people kind of branch out of the corn impoundments, they start kind of looking at local swamps or finding a handful of birds here or there. But the greatest concentration are in our really intensively managed and planted waterfowl areas, it seems. Right. So let me ask you a question. High path versus low path. Is high path basically a very is it is it is it a more contagious strain? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not a virologist, but you know, my basic understanding is is it tends to be um kind of more well, contagious. Let me go ahead and stop you let me go ahead and stop you right there for a minute. You just lost Phil and I. Say that one that was a <laughs> that's probably a fifteen dollar word. What was that word again? <laughs> so a virologist. I'm not someone who's studied viruses. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I'm just just, just a waterfowl biologist over here. But based, based on what I understand is that, you know. Is that kind of like a um, duckologist? Because I like to think I'm a duckologist sometimes. Mm. Hey, me too. Me too. One and the same. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, yeah, that high path, it tends to be, um, it tends to be, you know, I, I guess you could say more contagious and kind of. Um, our domestic birds just can't really tolerate it as well. It's pretty common for our wild birds to contract high path um, and really persist just a healthy bird in the environment. You know, it's 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 been pretty common cool. the past couple of years for our hunters to, to harvest birds. And when we're, we're testing those birds, you know, hunter harvested birds test positive for high path. And, um, you know, they're healthy. They're, they're safe for us to consume. They're safe for us to eat, you know, as long as we're cooking those birds well and, you know, just really being um, taking care of our, of our game as we, as we prepare it. So, um, really, so that really goes to one point. Well, that's one thing I want to point out, you know, in our public statement or in our uh, press release, we've said it's low risk to humans. And people are often quick to point out, well, I don't mean it's no risk. Well, you can never say there's no risk in anything, you know. That's right. But one of the things I always tell people is remember this when it comes to any wild game, deer, Duck, dove, doesn't matter to me. Always, always clean it. If you smell something funny, if something doesn't look right, you know, you see, you know, I used to say this, if you see something green or anything, you, you know, you throw that away. But that's right. If you take regular meat, it's got good, good color, good smell, and whatever, and just normal smelling wild game, always freeze game before you cook it. Always freeze it. That's my rule. If you freeze it, that's going to help get rid of a lot of problems. And then cooking. Now, my first thing when you say cook it well, well, nobody does that. Let's be honest. If we're cooking game, we're cooking in medium rare. Come on, medium, medium rare. We don't cook it well or it turns like tin to leather. So that's why I always want to point out, make sure to freeze game. Always freeze it, uh, deer, duck, all of it, dove, because that helps to remove a lot of problems right there by freezing it. You get rid of the bacteria right there. Now, as far as this, Moving into other birds right now, this will make sure I'm repeating what you said and, and, and what I know so far is we've only seen this in wood ducks so far. Is that correct? Yep. So predominantly in wood ducks and our waterfowl, we have had reports of a handful of green teal and a handful of ringnecks, okay. but those are the only three species that I've had reported at, the, at this point in time. And okay. um, so... So predominantly those those three species. So if anyone's you know out and about checking impoundments and they're seeing other things, you know, certainly give the radio room a call. It's something I would love to talk to people about. All right. So uh, let's 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 do take a moment to mention that. So if you do find birds 
uh, waterfowl and impoundments or elsewhere that seem to be sick, dead, not shot, and you want to report it, you can report that to our radio room at 1-800-922-5431. That's 1-800-922-5431. That's 24 hours a day, man. They will always answer the phone. But one thing I want to point out as we're talking a little bit more is what are we talking about? How do we prevent transmission? What's our best steps for people? I know I've seen some things about wearing gloves when you're cleaning birds. Um, can you talk about that just a little bit real quick, what, what we're trying to tell people to do? Yep, absolutely. You know, take care to, uh, to uh, if, you're, if you're, you know, we're not really asking people to go out and, you know, seek out dead birds. And if you got a small impoundment and you're seeing a handful of deadwood ducks, you know, put some gloves on, go out in that impoundment, you can get those birds up and bury them. Um, that's pretty important because we've got vultures and eagles that will scavenge off of these these uh, deadwood ducks. And um, those it'll birds transmit to them. That's right. And so it also can be transmitted to uh, kind of scavenging mammals. So, um, so foxes and coyotes and bobcats can also contract this. You know, it's even uh, a slight risk for um, for our retrievers. So, uh, Major, I know I know you're a you're a dog guy. You love you love I am. as much mm-hmm. as I do. So, um, you know, if you got a trained dog, the dog's got good bird manners. I'm still hunting my dog. Um, you know, just don't let your dog be be really mouthing and chewing or ingesting ingesting birds. You know, make sure you take birds from dogs quickly. Um, definitely don't let them be ripping the breast out of your birds. You know, just just good bird handling manners is um is really uh really first of good all, that's here. a very bad dog. We don't want that in the blind period. Hmm. Absolutely, that don't one's not going to be mouthing our birds to death. No, absolutely. So, but uh, but yeah. But so another folks, thing I know to tell folks folks that are out there that may be in the chicken house industry uh, and the in the commercial bird industry is, you know, as far as what are we doing, we're. Like you said, we're continually testing where we can. We've been monitoring over the years. It's not something like we're just totally reacting. We've actually been looking for it. Um, but when you're cleaning birds, they're talking about make sure that you don't wear the same clothes, boots, anything to the chicken house. If you're a chicken house farmer and you're duck hunt, you need to keep Absolutely. those clothes separate. Um, I think that's a big point to be made, you know, as we discuss this, just going a little further, just make sure you don't cross-contaminate, which we always talk about. Again, I think rubber gloves are probably the best when you're talking about cleaning birds right now. I remember when this came out, shoot, avian flu, what, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, um, yeah, we had we a big We started outbreak. talking about that, and um, we told people to wear gloves and they're cleaning doves, whatever. And I think that's just always a good idea uh, to wear gloves, uh, because that just protects you from any contamination. Again, throw those gloves away. Um, you know, throw your trash, uh, bird parts, whatever. Make sure you throw those away. Proper trash can, trash areas, uh, recycling bins, whatever. Um, and wash your clothes. You know, after you clean that kind of thing. Um, just smart using your head, basically. But to date, as far as we know right now, and I am going to mention this lightly because I've heard this a little bit. And I want to make sure we're being honest and truthful. Um, there hasn't been any reports of this in the mallard population at all uh, to date. We don't have any news of this being in any uh, impoundments other right now than wood ducks for the most part. Like you said, a few green wing teal um, uh, ringnecks. As far as we know, this is a natural. Uh, this has been a natural uh, occurrence, That's- correct? 
just absolutely just it's just what happened. Absolutely, yeah. Folks that really tracked wildlife diseases um, really picked up on this as early as the summer of 2020, and um, we're telling you know biologists in North America to be aware because it was making its way through Northern Africa and Europe, and it was likely coming our way. So this started in, in wild bird populations. So uh, that's that's where we first detected it here. So certainly comes from wild birds, and um, and like you said, you know at this point, wood ducks and 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 teal and um, a handful of ringnecks, you know, it's not really not really showing up in our mallards or black ducks or uh, really any any other uh, species of waterfowl right now, which is which is really good news. So. Super. So, what about other states around us? Do we know what's going on around us? Other states? Yeah, you know, I haven't I haven't really heard. Uh, last I heard, I, I talked to my colleague in Georgia. They weren't seeing any really any impact of AI. Um, before Christmas, I have heard of one or two small-scale die-offs in North Carolina related to wood ducks, um, and I believe those are pretty close to the South Carolina state line. So as far as wild birds, those are really the only reports that I've received at this time. And um, as far as waterfowl is concerned, you know, we have throughout the last two years really seen an impact on black vultures in the state and, uh, and a number of eagles. And so I really... You know, maybe kind of anticipate our eagle impact to maybe increase as we go a little further into the winter. And um, but the good news is, eagles do eat up, eagles do eat waterfowl, and they're going to be they scavengers do. too on dead waterfowl. Absolutely, and that's uh, that's how they can track that. So, but uh, the good news is, is, once it starts warming up and we get to the summer, we should really see a lot of these impacts lessen and, and kind of kind of play out, which is which is good news. So. Right, so I know we've got a, a, just a few minutes left. Let me ask a question: Is there any any science to why it's wood ducks? You know, it's it's any really thought? not. It's it's really kind of caught us by surprise. Um, USDA does a lot of routine uh, testing throughout the year, and I think they've tested since May of 2023 close to 3,900 wood ducks across the nation, and only 22 of those have tested positive for high path AI, and so. Uh, so yeah, the impact on wood ducks in South Carolina is, is pretty unique, and um, it, it's really it's really got us asking some questions right now as to why why wood ducks, and it could just be that you know this specific clade or or strain per se of uh, avian influenza, um, you know, really hits wood ducks harder than than you know a similar strain that we've had before, kind of like we have human flu A or flu B. You know, there's different types of, of bird flu, and it just uh, it may impact our wood ducks a little more than, than what we had in, in 2021. And I, I would ask the obvious question that wood ducks do migrate, so could it be a migration of ducks from out of state that came here and brought it? I mean, it could you know, be, you know. Cause, know. Yeah, it could, it could be, you know, kind of anecdotally. Um, as I started uh, – Started receiving port reports of wood duck die-offs. I started having a lot of people tell me about killing banded wood ducks from from uh, from states in the northeast. So it could have kind of been triggered by a migration event. Um, just kind of maybe these birds were had had high path AI and just kind of the strain of a migration just kind of you know tipped the scales for them. So number of things that it could be. But uh, I think the good news is is I have received fewer and fewer calls over the past three or four days, and so hopefully we're kind of. Hopefully we're kind of tailing off and things are kind of leveling out for us and um, and uh, we won't have many of these events for the rest of the season, hopefully. My fingers are crossed. Absolutely. Well, Molly, I know I, I appreciate you coming back on the show. I appreciate your insight on this on Avian Flu. Again, folks, remember, it is naturally occurring. 
um, low risk to humans. We just, you know, ask you to clean birds with rubber gloves, freeze birds, cook them best you can, you know, to an internal temperature. I think the, uh, the suggestion is 165, uh, and that removes any bacteria. But um, anyway, again, Molly, thanks for the show tonight coming in. And Phil, another first-year edition of SC Wild. Yes, sir. Great way to kick it off. Molly, thank you. We appreciate you very much. Look forward to talking to you again. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Thank you. And Major, thank you. We're off and running. Great year of 2024. Look forward to seeing you soon, sir. Yes, sir. Take care. All right, there you go. S.E. Wild and the news just breaking a few moments ago. Will Shipley announcing he's moving on to the NFL. So there you go. Phil Moffa will have the ball if he wants it at Clemson. Talk more about it tomorrow night. Thank you, Pat. See you tomorrow.